Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Avatar, the last airbender. Hello everybody and welcome back to Streaming in Place. Today we are talking about uh, Avatar, the last airbender, season two, sorry, book two, Earth, episodes five and six, Avatar Day, and The Blind Bandit. And yes, we have called it uh, our issues to talk about, but first, the most important thing, Allison... I'm in love. Don't even ask the question. What do we think about Tuff? <laughs> I've been waiting to figure out who the hell Noel's favorite character is. And I assume it's this one. It's it's Tuff. Tuff's the best. Right. Uh, she's amazing. Uh, from moment one, I was like, yep, 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 <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And the second we got to like, hey, it's sumo wrestling, but also pro wrestling. Here's the boulder, which was just hilarious and stupid. Mick Foley, Mankind. Voiced by right? Mick Foley. Yes. Yeah, amazing. It was a very um, Legends of Tomorrow kind of choice to have like obvious parallels. Anyway, the second we got there, I was like, okay, so the little powerhouse that I keep seeing the image of on the DVD still is obviously going to show up and be the powerful one. That is probably the little girl that Aang saw in the swamp running around. Uh, also, we got, I think, our first previously on Avatar, um, which made a point of mentioning that. So I was like, oh, okay. But even that, even being like, oh, this is going to be great. Teeny tiny kid is going to kick the crap out of these grown-ass men who just use their muscles and don't listen to the earth. Um, even knowing that, even like guessing that that was coming, I was not prepared for how much I was going to love her. I cannot wait. It's like a whole new show. A whole new show. It's only two episodes late. No, I guess it's like six episodes late that I promised to sing that song. Anyway, um, I'm all about it. I can't, I just, tell me all the things. Please gush about it. I am going to have a hard time even talking about Avatar Day. That is how excited I am about it. Well, that's too bad because we have to talk about Avatar Day first. Because it comes (laughs) first. It's good. (laughs) It's a good episode. But let's just talk about it so that we can talk about Tom. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so let's let's just do that uh, because I really I had forgotten a bit about this episode Avatar Day, um, but I, I was enjoying as we're starting the episode and it, you you think you know what it's gonna be and I'm like okay so this is when Allison is sitting at home going like okay called it but I mean how could you not from the title and then right. they light it on fire and I was just <laughs> I was just picture you going oh okay <laughs> that's different yeah um uh, but but my favorite part of this episode. Besides just the ridiculousness of the various court things, um, is Kyoshi being such a badass with oh, her fans? Kyoshi is so cool. Yeah, so cool. The fans are terrifying and amazing. The and like her giant feet and like all of the it. biggest just feet really. of any Avatar. <laughs> any Avatar. <laughs> I um I don't want to shortchange this episode because I very much enjoyed Sokka's. For, I, I just, I guess season two is me learning that I'm definitely a Sokka. Uh, I share an affinity for props. I like to think I'm solving mysteries. Um, I love a bit. I'm very pro-science. I want to stay on task. If I left my boomerang behind and everybody else got to take their thing and I left mine, I would be very upset that um and a spider falling into my mouth while i'm sleeping is a lifelong fear so it's like and also that happens that kind of stuff happens to me a lot like bugs fly directly into my mouth i thought Um, spiders making webs in your mouth happened a lot no but i get i'm like i'm a bug just like cagney just kind of like nancy just 
Yep. Um, it's uh, I went through all the cops and detectives there. You got there <laughs> to your cat name. Yeah. Girl detective, mm-hmm. not a cop. Never, <laughs> never. Um, anyway, uh, yes, very, I'm apparently Asaka and I, I just love the fans. I love them. They're so cool. Yeah. And watching Aang use them was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other cool thing for me to note is that Kiyoshi for the one scene that she pops up in is voiced by Jennifer Hale, um, who's a terrific voice actor, uh, just really, really great. Uh, she voiced Captain Marvel um, in Earth's Mightiest Avengers when it was on Disney XD for a little while. She was really great in that. She's best known for being the voice of the female Shepherd in the Mass Effect video game series, mm-hmm. which is where a lot of people know her from. Um, and she's fabulous. I love Jennifer Hale. Anytime she pops up in anything. Uh, so she's just here for three scenes, well, three like a short paragraph to be like, yeah, no, that guy was a dick. And I just separated a whole island to get away from him. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Terrifying. The like with it, like earth, the earth bending and then the fire bending and the air, like all of it together. It was very, very cool. Like, yeah, screw you, Pangea. Like it's just (laughs) boom. Very cool. Yeah. And this is like what they're talking about when they're talking about like the power of an avatar, basically. It's just like. I can just separate a whole continent and I don't even have to go into like the avatar state to do that. Imagine mm-hmm. what I do when I go into the avatar state. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoy this episode. It's very silly. Um, but I do agree with Sokka that this is by far the worst town they've ever been in. <laughs> just the worst town. Even down to the very corrupt justice system, it's very good to know that cash bail is a problem even in this world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how was yeah. I supposed to know? It's just like, yeah, yeah no, they're the worst. Just but their the convicts worst. seem really cool, though. And very really, cool. Very good life experience to give Aang. <laughs> oh, God, the shot where, first of all, where it's immediately <laughs> obvious that even without airbending, he could just take his hand yes. and his head out of that thing. And then later when he's just when he's just sitting on it with his elbows propped on it, just adorable. So fun. It's very good. Uh, I appreciated the the wheel of justice when in trying to guess what each of the little like images stood for. Yeah. Um, and just the 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 sight gag and delivery and timing of like uh, community service, serve the community. <laughs> Go. <laughs> very fun. Uh, yes. I also appreciate. First of all, you were saying, Allison, that you are Osaka. Uh, it me so strong. Standing in the store going, I should get it. Ah, oh, shit, but I shouldn't send the money. But I deserve something nice. Yep. That's but also, too. I have no money. <laughs> but I'll, then leaving, and like, no, nah, I'm, I'm going to get it. Like, why did I get, you know, like, it's just, it's very good. It's very good. Um, the, uh, the, the oh, Marcus says the spider thing, very disturbing. Good on Momo for helping out. Yeah, Momo, again. Strong MVP of the animal community. Just wanted to eat, though. Wasn't necessarily super concerned about Sokka. Just wanted a snack. Hey, but you know what? He, the fact that he's looking and maintaining the the sanctity of their of their mouth spaces, right, so that they're not yeah. wasting a perfectly good spider on Sokka who doesn't want to eat it, because that's to, in his opinion not people food, um, which is very strange to soft vendors. But anyways, the 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 whole like the timing of this, the the pacing as as it went along works really really well. The assumption that of course this couldn't have been true, this couldn't have been based on something that actually happened, and then the relation of oh fuck yeah it did 
Are you kidding me? That guy's an asshole. That guy killed so many people. Very good. Very fun. Um, I also really enjoyed the voice work. Again, James Hong as Mayor Tong. Always appreciate (laughs) when he shows up. Delightful. Super fun. I thought it was him, but it wasn't 100%. But yeah, yeah, it it is James Hong. Um, I, I mentioned earlier why bring him on for like nothing, like just some nothing part. I'm glad that they were like, oh, we're going to bring him back. He's very good. We, we will not not use reuse voice actors, so I'm 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 good on that. Um, any other thoughts on this episode aside from Kyoshi's badassery, which we've already talked about, but her outfit on that tiny little Lang being a terrific visual. Great. Well, I appreciate that. <clears throat> you know, there's there are a couple of moments in this episode where it seems like they're. They're sort of like hammering some old like, this is manly, this is not, um, this is girly, and this is not. Uh, but then it doesn't really matter. And what I really liked about the ending was that Aang is in the uh, the dress or robe, uh, her garment, kimono, and he's, yeah. he's got his um, face painted. His his mug is beat, mm-hmm. um, and he's still. And there's there's not a joke about it right he's not like tripping on it they're not like what a strong little girl like none of that stuff he's just still amazing and incredibly powerful um and it's great so i feel like that sort of it's not so much that it makes up for it it sort of reveals that yes they are totally aware that Sokka is wrong uh and so is katara you can totally match your bag to your belt it's fine there is nothing inherently masculine or feminine about that and masculine is not good and feminine is not bad masculine is not strong and feminine is not weak so i feel like uh it ended in a really good place in that regard mm-hmm. uh, marcus says yeah. well a little bit of a joke and that it was all too way too big on him Ag- agreed yeah. but it's it wasn't a joke that it was a dress yeah. It wasn't a joke that he was dressed like a girl. It was just, he's teeny tiny. Yeah. He's so tiny. He's so tiny. But that's Sorry, the biggest no. me I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, we do need to mention Zuko, because Zuko strikes oh, yeah. out um, here after donning the blue spirit and robbing a bunch of folks, but being very equitable in his robbing from both stealing from people who maybe not have the most means, but also people who have way too many means. <laughs> What are you going to do with all that money? You have to carry it all. Like he, you pointed out to him about the seashells. <laughs> it's just a lot of money to carry. How did it, how did that uh, play for you two? I mean, he's kind of back to being angry fire kid at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, stealing from the rich and giving to the me is like, I don't know. I guess I'm interested because it feels very much like, um, uh, hey, I'm acting out because I'm so tough. Ah, which is uh as long as the way that they explore that is interesting i'm all about it um but it you know poor uncle iroh made me mm-hmm. sad um, i like that he doesn't look a gift donut in the mouth though or whatever right it that yeah, he's eating. No. that was very um that is not King. that is not iroh's bag iroh no. will always look to stuffed a uh, filled pastry right where it belongs yes in his mouth yeah <laughs> I mean, it makes sense that he's acting out. Uh, he's dealing with a lot, right, with his, um, with everything with his family and even more. Um, that's just waiting. It's a, it's a scab. It's waiting for him to pick at it. You know, all that trauma. Um, so really, this is a spotlight on Iroh and him, like, knowing he doesn't try to fight Zuko about leaving, right? He knows the best thing I can do is just 
be steady and hope that he's going to come back. <laughs> hope he's going to figure something out because if I try to lecture him or if I try to push him away so that he will react against that and come back, anything I do is just not going to help. So I just have to do, I, I, I got to be me and do what I know is best and trust that I have had enough of an influence on him that he won't, you know, turn into the Zhao version of himself. Um, so yeah, we, 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 again, we stand a self-care king. We do. <laughs> um, only one more thing about um, Avatar State, I feel like, and mm -hmm. so that we don't get called out in comments. Mm -hmm. We had two animal hybrids in this episode. <laughs> Very important. Thank you. So we had the kind of anteater elephant rat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and then we also had a chameleon with like wings or feathers and that pan down um, to their little like improvised statue hut. I think the anteater rat's pretty cool or the Very elephant cool. rat. Um, it's a very, it's a very cool, I don't know what the chameleon is though. It's very difficult to tell in the slow, even after I pause it, I just went, I don't know what that is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that is, <laughs> but I'm glad I got a fly. <laughs> Hopefully it, it pops up again. And yeah. so we can get a better look at it, which is like, I assume at some point I'm going to get another chance to see a frog squirrel because I didn't oh. get to see it in the episode and I feel very cheated of that experience. Um, mm -hmm. so hopefully they those animals will return because the, the, the anteater elephant, whatever rat thing was awesome. Yeah. It was so cool. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. Well, let's then let's head over to our, to Blind our Bandit. Bandit. And, oh, uh, so, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> Marcus says having no DVD box art or previously on, cause Netflix skips through it. I figured this was going to be either a wrestling homage and then top showed up. And I was like, Oh, this is going into a different direction. And I, it was pretty clear that this was the character Noel had been referring to. And yes, because she's she's just awesome. But before we just talk about how she's awesome, yep. let's talk about, we already mentioned it, but let's talk about how awesome and hilarious and great and pitch perfect Mick Foley is voice acting here. I'm so glad they cast him. I'm so glad they had so much fun <laughs> with everything he got to do. I mean, yes, obviously nostalgia and everything, but I, I watched a lot of wrestling um, when I was in like late middle school, early high school. Um, so, cause it was, it was what my brothers were watching and then I could hang out in the corner. If I didn't talk very loud, they would let me hang out with them and they're cool because they're my older brothers and that's how it works when you have siblings. Either they're terrible or they're cool. Um, so I, I spent many an hour enjoying that particular era of like late nineties, early aughts, um, Mick Foley on, on raw and everything. So just, it just immediately went to such a positive, happy place for me. I just, it was super duper fun. Yeah. I think that this episode even works if you don't necessarily have like a huge background in that just through kind of like us cultural osmosis almost, because mm -hmm. I never really watched a lot of pro wrestling. I'm familiar with it because I had like friends who were really, really into it, especially at, around like the mid nineties to like the early aughts. Um, but I also like know enough, like through cultural jokes. So like we get the fire nation character who has a Russian accent for no reason, because he needs to be the foreign one. Um, <laughs> but so doing like an iron chic sort of deal. Um, and then we get hippo who's like an Andre the giant type or like a King Kong Bundy type. Um, and it's just, it's all very silly and it's very good. Um, and it, Plus then just all the other like little one-offs. So you get like the gopher who's like a doctor, but that 
travels underground. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, and then you get like a like a luchadora type uh, with the who's known as the gecko because he sticks to rocks. That's this whole thing. Um, <laughs> it's just it's really really good. It's really delightful. But I think that the best thing is that we end with their Vince McMahon type just being in it for the money. Mm -hmm. And that's the best thing about the whole little homage is that their Vince McMahon character is just in it for the money <laughs> and is kind of a dick. <laughs> just like the real Vince McMahon. Yes. Allison, do you have like a lot of history for this or? No, my situation is a little bit similar to yours in that I've got um, a number of people who are close to me who really love pro One friend in particular who um, Kate is also pals with, um, Dominic Suzanne Mayer, uh, uh, another fellow film critic, um, has like a long-standing, deep and abiding love for pro wrestling, both in the United States and abroad. Um, so some of them I was able to sort of recognize what they were aping right away. And certainly the language, I think, even if you don't have that context, and I have, like, I've watched some, right? He's, first of all, has made me, let's just say made me watch some, like, classic, like, look at early The Rock and his mm -hmm. guitar. Look at this and look at the. And then also we, um, I watch WrestleMania with him every year uh, for as long as I can take it, um, which is, you know. Like WrestleMania is so long, so good Four or five hours of yeah. the eight or nine hours. And then he's watching and I'm just on my phone. Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, so I have that context, but even without that, I feel like through cultural osmosis, the language of like, this is what a heel looks like. And this is that, taunting an audience and this is the way that people react like all of that stuff was very very familiar um and it was really fun watching Sokka get so wrapped up in it was just a delight um uh, all building up to the really good joke of finding the ransom note and then being excited that he had the boulders autograph i thought was such a good gag um a couple of those like slow burn solid punchline jokes as well in the in avatar day with um uh, the uncooked dough because it's the day the mm -hmm. avatar wasn't boiled in oil. Very funny. Um, anyway, yeah. So I'm in a similar place as you, Noel, and uh, and it and I was able to sort of latch onto what it was doing right away. And even though that prepared me for tiny girl beats all the giant men, I was not prepared for how cool and matrixy it was going to be. It was both of those action sequences are just incredible. So inventive, funny, surprising, intimidating. We get a couple of really good hero shots, just like really, really, really good filmmaking. Yeah, what did you think of that visualization of her abilities and like, and how she senses movement and then even just the decision to slow down time so that we can, because I mean, it's, it seems, it, it's just very supernatural right in, in a in a world that doesn't have magic in that way for people who aren't the avatar this is something very different than what we've seen for other benders yeah um so i mean i'm tough's awesome so i'm down for it but um but but what did you guys think of that well she's matt murdoch mm -hmm. um you know it's it's cool. It's uh, it may I like that the language looks like sound waves because to me it actually didn't feel supernatural. To me, it felt um, very connected to what we know about 
sound and the way that it moves through both air and earth and other objects and how, and certainly it's, it is a, a heightened ability, a superpower, whatever, but, but you can understand the animation seems rooted in the science of it, I guess is what I'm saying. I thought it was really, really cool. Yeah, for yeah. me, it's it's less the the way that she's perceiving things, and it's the it's more the time. Of oh, how Marcus long they always give says her. also says she's daredevil. So jinx, I'm with you. <laughs> Sorry, Kate. Uh, that's okay. Uh, yeah, for me, it, it, they give her a lot of time to process and think about how people are moving that she wouldn't normally have. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it, it, it. So the episode is slowing down time so that we can see how she perceives, and we have time to acknowledge it and understand it. Because for her, it's second nature. But that's the part of it that feels, like, a bit much. Yeah. But I don't care because Toph is so cool. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think, Noel? I think it's really important to have, like, that that slowdown of time so that we as an audience understand what's happening just on a narrative level um and how her use of earthbending works. Because it's not just that she pushes big rocks and can do that. She hears through earthbending. And so visualizing that, I think is really important for us to sort of understand it. Um, so I really, really dig it. And I dig it because it also layers in like all this other stuff. Like um, one of you mentioned, I think Kate mentioned like the bullet time sort of approach to it. Um, slow down kind of thing, um, which I think is really good thing to pick up on with this. since so much of this is like, oh, we're going to do a pro wrestling homage. And then we've got a blind earthbending master, which is the most kung fu thing you can possibly do as a blind master. Then layer that into a Matrix-esque sort of thing, which in and of itself is relying really heavily on kung fu and anime um, to do a visual language. So I think all of this ends up working both on terms of like a series of references that are deeply pleasurable, but then executing those things in a way that emphasizes how we understand things visually in storytelling. So I think it's just a really, really smart way of doing it because for her, the entire thing is like four seconds in terms of how she's able to dispatch the boulder, but we need to understand how she sees and moves and everything. So I think it works really, really well. Quick question before we move off of the wrestling part. Uh, Marcus says, I, I like stuff. She, Marcus isn't big on wrestling, but I, I like stuff based on it. I really enjoyed Glow on Netflix as well as The Wrestler from a few years ago. Um, I, I'm sure we were. Not, I'm not the only one who was thinking of friend of the show, Latoya Ferguson. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but also, I, well, obviously don't hire a hit on two children. Um, <laughs> you don't say. Obviously that, but he did cheat because he wasn't supposed, like, they weren't supposed to airbend. Right, yes. So, like, you know. It was, it was an accident. Yeah, no, well, but it's just like, they, they, I think they are entitled to their money back, which Yang doesn't care about. Um, And obviously, to pivot us and transition to our next conversation, the Beifong family doesn't care about because they are loaded. What did we think of that reveal? And Alison, I'm going to throw that to you first, of course, because we already knew about it. Um, And just what, like, this other part of her life that we see. Um, You know, I, I appreciate... I don't know. I'm not sure how to put this. Um, I think it is 
great that there is never a question that her dad is just wrong um, and that it has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that she's been keeping that part of her life a secret and that maybe she was actually right to do so um, because completely denying her um, any experience of the outside world is emotionally abusive. Um, so uh, screw her dad. It doesn't have anything to do with money. He's just a really terrible parent. But um, obviously, uh, he's also a terrible rich person. So uh, let's eat the rich. I don't know. Um, I uh, appreciated that um, her talents are so hard fought. Um, it's obviously something that she has taught herself to do. Um, it is very clear that her teacher is just worthless and again, is also in it just for the money. That felt like if, um, uh, if the wrestling promoter is Vince McMahon, then the teacher is like Barbizon Modeling Academy. Yes, where it's just very there, purposefully, yeah. Right? Just there to take advantage of your ambition and your dreams and then take your money and leave you with nothing. Um, no, no, no. You you had to pay for that really great outfit for the first lesson. Sure. <laughs> well, and you needed the headshots with the professional photographer. Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, then, and then you get coaching from someone who teaches you how to walk a runway. It's very important. Yeah. I thanks for the $500. Um, so I guess like the economic piece of it, I'm still sort of mulling over, but I think it is interesting that money is something that is obviously driving the adults and that with the exception of like, I need to be able to feed myself. And also I'd like a new purse occasionally. Um, it is of basically no interest to the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marcus says, there's one line that I noticed. The punk kid said the family doesn't have a daughter. Now I'm wondering if that is meaning Toph is transgender or overprotected so much that the town doesn't know that she exists. And yeah, it's the latter. It's the latter, yeah. The richest people in town can't be known that they have a daughter with a disability. Yeah, I know. It's no. Just, it's Heavens no. Terrible. Um, and that's, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Which, again, which just speaks to the dad. Perhaps how terrible dad. they are. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yet, and yet... It's refreshing to have one of our children who's flying around on Appa, whose parents are alive. Yeah. Yay! Hey, hey. I mean, hey, we don't know that dad is dead. Yeah, sorry, dad, sorry. Yeah. Both of their parents are alive and not off fighting in the war. Yeah, it's an important yeah. distinction. Thank you. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Marcus says they're just terrible. And yes, yeah. terrible. We don't actually get to know anything about the mom because the mom doesn't really speak, which again speaks to what that home life is like. Yeah. Do we have any final thoughts about these episodes that we want to get into? No, throw two. Um. So two things I want to quickly mention. You mentioned getting um James Hong back for that little bit of episode. Um, Toph is voiced by Jesse Flower, who goes by Michaela Jill Murphy now. Um, but Jesse Flower originally voiced Ming in the Fortune Teller episode, um, the little mm -hmm. girl who's obsessed with Aang in that episode. Um, and they just bought her, they were, they liked her so much that they considered making Ming like a recurring character on the show. Um, but when they changed gears to make Toph the earthbending teacher, because originally it was going to be a big muscly dude, it was going to be the boulder, basically was the character design that they were going to use for his earthbending teacher. And that's why there's a guy who looks like the boulder in the opening credit sequence doing the earthbending. 
um, they changed gears a little bit um, and decided to change up and shift everything for the dynamics, uh, which works out really, really well and really for the better for the show. Um, but they bought Jesse Flower back to do this because they were just like, it'll be perfect. We really like her. This is perfect. Um, so that was all really, really good. The other thing I want to note is that Toph doesn't do the standard um, earthbending style that you see throughout the rest of the show. Um, when they were, they wanted something really specific. Um, so they consulted with their martial arts consultant and he bought in someone else who specializes in what's called Southern Praying Mantis style, um, which is what they use for Toph. And Toph's the only one who uses Southern Praying Mantis style or like a variation thereof on the show. Um, so two things to note about th this uh, particular style. One is that it is actually, some people train in it actually blindfolded um, because it's all based on sound apparently. But the other thing about it is that according to like the styles like mythology or like legend, it was actually in part developed by a blind woman, which they did not know when they adapted it and were going to use it for Toph um, until um, a little bit after they had already settled on it. So just really delightful kind of confluence of events there. Um, so yeah, it's really, really good. Um, one thing I do want to ask you both about, um, because I feel like this is like the one the one time that it kind of punches down a little bit, is the joke about the belt hitting her on the head. Oh, no, I like it. You like here, it? Okay. I actively like it because I think it is important to remember, because she's been so hyped up, because she's so hardcore and amazing, mm -hmm. I think it is important that we get some reminder. It doesn't necessarily have to be a joke, but some reminder that she is vulnerable in some ways. Yes. And air is a way that she is vulnerable. Yeah. Um, so I, I actually, because she is just so formidable, because I think for me, because they build her up so much, I, I think it's important that they do show not just in the sparring with Aang, but in that little moment that she is still a kid she is still uh, blind and that will affect her life in different ways. Yeah, I feel very much the same. I, I think it's, um, I don't know, I've been reading a lot about disability rights activism in the last couple of months. And I feel like it's important to acknowledge that like this character who again, essentially has a superpower, um, the show isn't ignoring her disability and it's not just saying, Ooh, it's not a disability. It's a strength. Um, because that is a reality of her life. So I think it's a nice way, like, yes to he, but I think it's a nice way of sort of making sure that she's not, um, a purely a larger than life figure uh, whose disability does not actually disability them. disappears. Right. Exactly. Right. Um, yeah. I think that that's uh, really smart actually. Yeah. Okay. For me, it just plays a little weird. Um, but I think that they do like what you were talking about in terms of acknowledging like the blindness and other ways like later on the show, but like they very specifically almost always draw her when they're flying, like clutching the saddle because otherwise she can't, detect or see anything otherwise um so she'll always whenever they're flying she's always like touching the saddle or someone else cool. so that she has some frame of reference for what's happening um so that was something that i was just going to ask um you two about because it's it's a it's it's a good joke but it's one of those kinds of things in which 
it can swing either way depending um which is why i wanted to ask about it yeah marcus says that is the biggest difference to daredevil uh he hardly seems adversely affected by his blindness and yeah i think that's because like when i'm thinking of toff here right like she is clearly incredibly formidable a force to be reckoned with on earth but up in the middle of the air on appa that's like incredibly dangerous or if she was on a boat in the middle of the ocean right yeah um so so like i think it underscores her choice and one that she is clearly making knowingly right Mm -hmm. Uh, to, to head into this very different and very dangerous pursuit to go off with them especially when she knows her family's going to be chasing them so it's not like and can we stay on the ground for a while while we train like she knows they're going to need to fly um and uh so i think it's yeah yeah i i like that even if maybe they could have done it in a different way so it wasn't it didn't feel like a a punchline um i think that awareness and that demonstration of that i think is good to have in this first episode so Mm -hmm. yeah but yeah okay well, Marcus, if you have any other thoughts about these episodes, please drop it into the comments, into the chat here. Uh, the thing we haven't mentioned yet that I just really enjoyed is the sight gag of the two boys frozen <laughs> in the uh, along the, the road or whatever that was on the, the alleyway. Very good. Allison, do you have any final thoughts on these episodes? Yeah, I like Katara. I like the um, setup that you think she's going to like use her feminine wiles and then they're... <laughs> Woo! Um, I like that setup a lot, and the reveal is really fun. Uh, Katara, the badass, remains a delight. Mm-hmm. Marcus says the blind bandit was really good, probably the best episode other than the season one finale. Glad that you enjoyed yep. it. Yeah, we're super oh, on board. I want to mention the visual style of the fighting montage as we see where it started to look sort of like comic book stills. I thought was really neat and cool. Just like there's so much that's great in this episode that it's easy to sort of gloss past some of those things. And I, um, I appreciate that the show is continuing to sort of experiment with its form in that way. Oh, and we also didn't mention that, but for the Kiyoshi sequence as well in the previous episode, they, yeah. it, that just shift in the, the aesthetics. Yeah, it was really yes. neat. So for tomorrow, we're only going to watch one episode. Uh, I know because it's called Zuko Alone, and you can guess what it's about. But um, also because Papa. we need to we need to align the yes. episodes up so that we can do the two parts in the right places. Uh, Marcus says, "I think the animation has improved. I noticed on Avatar Day there was some more ambient movement and such. And yes, you will n- notice things changing as a as the show continues on. So yes. Anyways, uh, more thoughts on that." in the future. But, Alison, predictions for Zuko alone? Uh, I assume he's going to join a commune and never be by himself. No, uh, I mean, I feel like <sighs> um, he Zuko is due for a dark night of the soul. And if he is running away from the trauma that he's experienced by getting himself into more and more trouble, that's you know, self-destructive people wind up in tight spots sometimes. So I assume uh, that that is where we're headed uh, and that the blue spirit has some dark days ahead. Okay. Well, and hopefully if he gets arrested, he can pay his bail in money that is not water tribe money because they don't always take that. They don't always take that. And honestly, the fact that anyone takes that, uh, like Southern water tribe money in the middle of the earth kingdom or wherever they, I don't even know where they are uh, is, you know, Probably like that's surprising. That random dude at a stall. Like, what's the exchange rate? You know, 
But anyways, I'm not supposed to be thinking about that, I don't think. But <laughs> that will wrap up our conversation for today. Um, thank you, Marcus, hanging out for hanging out with us in the chat today. Oh, and also, did you have thoughts on... Um, I, I don't know if you listened to the episode yesterday, Marcus, but I did kind of blame you a little bit for our very <laughs> stressful time with Appa in the previous episodes. Um, can we go back to Appa the Taxi or not yet? <laughs> Oh, 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 Marcus says, I prefer that stress over taxi. <gasps> Shots fired again. Okay. It's more interesting. Yeah, okay. yeah, more interesting. If somebody successfully hunts Appa, I'm going to blame you personally, Marcus. <laughs> okay, well, anyways, I thank you for the for your thoughts because that that's awesome. I, I pr- appreciate where you're at with that and hearing. Uh, air quotes successfully question mark um okay well that's dark so on that cheery note let's wrap up our conversation we'll be back tomorrow to talk about zuko alone thank you everyone for listening bye bye